You're listening to the Beauty Business Podcast, and today we're talking about how to make your good spa great. I'm very fortunate today to be joined by Queen of the Spa Spice herself, Daphne Metland, founder of the Good Spa Guide and the Good Spa Awards. So if you want to know how to up your spa game, keep listening. You're listening to the Beauty Business Podcast, now with over a quarter of a million downloads worldwide. Now, this is the podcast for you if you run an independent beauty salon, skin clinic, or spa. I'll help you reach your business goals through simple, practical, and focused business information and advice that I've learned and implemented working with spas and salons over the last 20 years. So if you want more money or more clients for your business, or you'd like a bit more time back for yourself, then you are in the right place. I'll show you exactly what you need to do. And who am I? Well, my name is Adam Chatterley, and I'm your host here on the show. Now let's get into today's episode. Okay, so if you're a regular listener of the show tuning in for your regular Wednesday slice of spa and beauty business advice, then you are in the right place. However, you may have noticed something a little bit different happening on the show this week. So let me explain a little bit more quickly. This week, the 4th to the 10th of November 2019, is National Spa Week here in the UK. It's a week where we celebrate all things spa, and it's run by the Trade Association for All Spas here in this United Kingdom, the UK Spa Association, of which I am the current elected chairman. So in order to celebrate the theme for this year's National Spa Week, which is that of highlighting wellness in the workplace, I've released a brand new podcast episode every single day on a different aspect of workplace wellness. Now, these extra episodes are still aimed at you, the salon clinic or spa owner or manager, and even your team as well. But they are not quite, you know, my usual topics of discussion. Well, that's what I thought when I started out. But what's really surprised me was that each and every topic in each episode, and ultimately all of them came back to what was good for the employee on a personal wellness level, ended up being actually good for the business too on a financial level. So actually, these bonus episodes for National Spa Week, whilst not immediately, you know, my usual fare, are just as relevant to starting and growing a successful, healthy beauty business as every other episode I release. So if you haven't already listened to them, please do go ahead. I'm joined by a different expert on each one, and they are some really fascinating discussions. Now, as I've explained that to my wonderful regular listeners, I should also say that if you've discovered the show because of National Spa Week, then welcome along. This is not one of those special edition shows. This is what I do here each and every week, and you are very welcome to listen. And if you like what you hear or you like what you've heard this week, then I highly encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to the show, which you should be able to do right there in your podcast app thingy, probably on your phone or on your computer. Now, if you're not familiar with podcasts, when you subscribe, you get the episodes delivered right to your phone and it even alerts you when a new episode is released and available so that you don't miss out on any of the awesome future episodes and topics that we discuss. And I'll tell you now, we have some very special treats coming up for you in December. Oh, and you can also go back and listen to all of the previous episodes as well. There's quite a lot of them now. Okay, so... Back to today's episode, and I am joined, like I said, by none other than the chief spa from the Good Spa Guide, in fact, the founder of the Good Spa Guide and the Good Spa Awards, along with multiple other companies, actually, Daphne Metland. Now, having visited and reviewed countless spas, both here in the UK and overseas, who else better to give us the lowdown on what it takes to make a spa or indeed any beauty business, because as it turns out, the advice is universal, what it takes to make your spa, your good spa, a great spa. Now, Daphne's background is 
fascinating. I love it when people come on the show and I find out brand new things about people that I think I already know. And Daphne fills us in on both her background and what she's doing right now, which is truly inspiring. And naturally, she's got some wonderful and funny stories to share along the way with you too. Now, as well as telling us what makes your good spa great, I also managed to squeeze out of Daphne what she sees happening with spas over the next couple of years, what's going to help them stand out and be even greater in 2020 and beyond. So if you want to get ahead of your competition, then listen up. Right, I think that's enough of me. Let's get into today's episode all about what separates a good spa from a great spa with Daphne Metland. So welcome to the show, Daphne Metland. Thank you for being here. Good morning, Adam. Oh, you probably don't want morning. Hello, Adam. Nice to speak with you. <laughs> uh, it's it's great to have you here. Thank you very much for for sharing your time and, and giving us your expertise like this. I really appreciate it. Oh, and I appreciate the the power of your podcast and just how many interested listeners you have. Yeah, it's great. And and I have to say, we're very privileged to have Daphne with us. I'll, we'll get into Daphne's background in a, a second. Um, but the the main topic we're talking about on today's show, Daphne, is what separates a great spa from a good spa. And I think that's uh, when when you kind of suggested this to me, I was like, we've got to do that. That just sounds like a, such a fantastic episode because I think everyone out there would be happy to, you know, say, yeah, yeah, th- we think ours is a good spa, but to really know what what elevates it to that great spa level, you know, takes quite a bit of confidence and and really knowing that uh, that's something that they've achieved. Absolutely. And I think it's it's when you've worked hard to launch a spa and set it up and run it well, of course you think it's great all the time. You've put your passion into it. But it's not until you look at lots of spas that you start to see what makes some stand out. And on Good Spa Guide, we review about 100 spas a year. Mm-hmm. I've, I've reviewed spas in, in lots of different countries and most continents. So you gradually begin to develop a feel for what really makes something great. Excellent. Now, you've, you've just hinted at a little bit of your background there, but just so people know, um, if they haven't heard of you already, just so people know who you are, can you give us a little bit of your, quite frankly, amazing background and just bring <laughs> us up to date with, with what you've done before and, and what's brought you to where you are now? Of course. Well, I started out life as a medical journalist yeah. and I was writing on health and well-being and all those sorts of things. And doing quite a lot of traveling to do that mm-hmm. and as a sort of sideline I began to write on travel as well okay. and mostly on things like spas in countries and because it overlapped with travel so well um, and then I became travel editor of a woman's magazine and I wrote for the Sunday Times and the Telegraph and, and then I was in America um, mm-hmm. quite a lot trying out <laughs> spas uh, as you do yeah. and I suddenly thought do you know, the spa industry has just exploded in America. Mm-hmm. Suddenly there are spas everywhere and people are going to them. And I think the same thing is going to happen in the UK. So I dashed back to the UK <laughs> and set up the Good Spa Guide here in the UK. Amazing. Yeah. And that's, it's really become a staple of the industry here. I mean, you, you go to any, you go to any, um, kind of management area of any top hotel or spa and there there will be a good spa guide sat there um, <laughs> for people to have a look through so so it's fantastic and I mean since then you've not stopped there you've you've launched some other businesses as well uh, yes um, we uh, our main business is a sort of health and wellness business that mm-hmm. develops behavior change messaging yeah so we work in um, six or seven countries where uh, there's a 
a very low income level and it's very hard for people to get health information right. and we create health information messages that are delivered by mobile phone free in those countries so there's a lot around maternal and child health there's a lot around living with hiv there's stuff around nutrition and um, family spacing and family planning so if you like that's the sort of main line of our yeah. work very deep medical stuff but actually i think spa and wellness and health are very tied together particularly in this country they are yeah and i want to see them being used more in that used way more, yeah absolutely and I, and I love the fact that you're doing those things as well overseas which is great um so on to the, the i guess sort of the 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 introduction to this topic today the the good spa guide itself and your bubble ratings which have again in the uk uh, become very well known can you just talk us through in fact talk us through exactly what the good spa guide is we mentioned it there but if you can talk us through what it is and then also explain to us the bubble ratings as well but we set up good spa guide because i felt very strongly that whilst people knew when they were choosing a hotel what to expect yeah they really didn't know what to expect when it came to choosing a spa and I thought, what, what we need is a sort of consumer-facing website that will tell people all about the spas that are in the country and what they offer and how to use them. Mm. So we set that up, and we then got phone calls from people that said, I've always wanted to go to a spa, but I've never been brave enough. And now I've read about it on your site. I think I might go. But do I have to take my clothes off? Amazing. And do I have to tip? But tipping and stripping was what we got all the time. <laughs> Brilliant. I love that. So this, was, this was 13, 14 years ago. So the wow. numbers of people who have been to spas were very low. Mm -hmm. And the, the, as, as my prediction was, was working, we got more and more spas. We got better spas, much greater choice. Nowadays, people ring Good Spa Guide and say, well, I've been to this spa, this spa, and this spa. Where shall I go next? So it's a whole different wow. setting for consumers. Fabulous. And we actually, we devised the bubble rating because we were constantly dealing with phone calls and inquiries from people wanting to get a picture of the spa in their head and yeah. what was available. And we thought, well, when you choose a hotel, you know what a three-star hotel's like or four-star hotel or five-star mm. hotel. And we thought we needed something similar for spas. Yeah. And we went for bubbles because spas are all about bubbles, whether right. they're in the pool or in your glass by the pool. <laughs> And we thought, well, a bubble rating makes yeah. sense to people. Absolutely. So we introduced, we actually cover three bubbles, four bubbles, five bubbles, and five bubble luxury mm. on the site. And we wanted a way of telling people that a three bubble spa would be great. It's a nice spa. It'll have good treatments. It might not have all the facilities that you would expect at a five bubble spa mm -hmm. in fact the, the spa i go to most often is my local spa which is a three bubble spa it, right. it's fine yeah you you want cleanliness you want mm -hmm. good treatments and you want peace and quiet that's what you'll get at a three bubble spa got it at a four bubble spa there'll be a slightly bigger choice of facilities perhaps they'll have a, a sauna and a hot tub on and there'll be a bigger choice of treatments mm -hmm. um at a five bubble spa you're, you're getting into the sort of top realm now. They'll have plenty of heat facilities, a, chain, a choice of brands of um, product houses that are available, a bigger choice of treatments, maybe some complementary therapies in there, mm. 
more relaxation space, possibly an outside spa garden as well as an indoor relaxation area. Um, and generally, it would just be that bit more well-equipped and more comfortable. Five bubble luxury. Now, we introduced this a few years ago um, because we suddenly thought, goodness, this market is growing, but also people are doing new and clever and even better things. Mm. And so we wanted to reflect that. And at a five-bubble luxury spa, you will get the best customer service. From the moment you arrive, they'll use your name. They'll look after you. They'll escort you on your journey. You can have a whole range of treatments. People will come and check that you're right during your day. They'll offer to bring you drinks or dry towels or a fresh robe or whatever it is you need. Got it. So you should go in. One of my favorite spas, I go in, I hand over my keys and I close the, the doors. I don't even think about the outside world because that's, that's the atmosphere. They that's do. perfect. That's what you want, isn't it? For, for ultimate it luxury is just to completely switch off. Fabulous. Okay. So that's the bubbles. Excellent. So, um, you know, if we're talking about then what makes a good spa what makes a great spa i mean we couldn't have anyone better than yourself to to bring that to life for us in this episode so um well i guess i guess let's let's actually there's one other thing i want to talk about before we get into that as well because on top of so you built on the good spa guide and then you built the the bubbles but now you also have the awards as well am i right We do indeed. And um, we wanted to reward the spas that are doing well, Mm -hmm. but we also wanted to give consumers a voice. We have about 50,000 people each month who use the Good Spa Guide site. And during October and November, when we run the awards, that just about doubles. Um, And we thought, all these people are out there using spas. Mm -hmm. So how can we let them tell the spas what they think of them and tell the world how many good spas there are there? So we actually invite consumers to vote for the best spa in the categories we set up. So, you know, best um, destination spa, best day spa, uh, best health club spa. We give the categories out there. Mm -hmm. We invite spas to enter themselves. And then we say to consumers, vote for the people you think are good. Now, we have um, about, last year we had just over 100,000 people voting on our awards. And this year we're only halfway through the voting period and we've broken that um, record already. So there are lots of people out there who want to talk about spas and Mm. tell us what they think. I mean, that must be hugely powerful for the spas as well, because it's not a panel of so-called experts kind of giving their opinion. This is the, the people that spend the money in the spas, the people who, you know, it's their audience, it's the people who, who they want to attract. So that's amazing. It is, and, and the numbers are huge. They don't get those sorts of numbers in many other um, areas where consumers vote. So it means these are people who care about the spas they go to, yep. who actually really want to, to see those spas rewarded, yep. who are going to come back. They're not, they're not going to a spa once a year. Mm-hmm. On average, people who use Good Spa Guide go to a spa at least every three months. So these are serious spa goers. Okay, right. And there, yeah. are, there are phenomenal numbers of them in the UK, which even 10 years ago we wouldn't have expected. So it really does show the sort of culture change we've had. Love that. That's amazing. Okay, so let's get on to the topic for today. And we've got some some notes to kind of go through. And I love how you've you've broken these down. So let's let's 
start going over these because you've actually very neatly broken them down into different sections for us. So where do we start? If a spa that's listening, if a, uh, or I guess even a, a salon that's listening wants to move their, their business from good to great, where do they start? You have to start with the consumer's journey. Right. Come in the front door as if you are a consumer or even stand outside as if you were a consumer. I went to a really nice spa and I took the spa manager outside and I, we stood in the car park and I said, okay, where's your spa? There was not a single sign to show where the spa was. There was a sign that said health club, but there was no, nothing to show where her, her lovely spa was. It was hidden. So start from the outside, come in the door, see what the consumer sees and actually walk the journey with the consumer. You know, can she stand in the changing rooms and open the locker door without it bashing into someone else? Is, is everything in the locker ready for her? Do you offer her robes of different sizes? I have been to a spa where they only had one size of robe. Now, I'm not a huge person, but I had to hold my robe together for the whole day. Gosh. <laughs> that's not a good journey. That's, no. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna put you off right from the start there. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Oh. So actually, start by walking the journey with the person. And in fact, even better, get a couple of people you know to come along yep. and experience a day and then sit down and talk to them. What worked, what didn't, you know. Make sure your, your staff know who's coming and help them identify people by name and then use the name. It's wonderful when someone says, oh, yes, Daphne Metlin, come in. Let me take your keys. Here we are. Here's your robe. Make sure people use the name if they possibly can. Offer people a drink when they arrive. You know, often people have traveled quite a long way. For our Good Spa Guide users We'll travel between one and two hours to a day spa. Really? You travel through the traffic and you get yeah. to a day spa. You actually want someone to say, welcome, have a drink, have a sit down, fill in your form. Occasionally, I go to a spa and there's a queue of people waiting to register. Mm. That's terrible. Mm. Put some chairs out, give them a table, give them a drink, let them fill in their health forms while they're sitting down and everyone will feel much more relaxed. Whether you own or run a beauty salon, a spa or a clinic, you know that on a daily basis you have to wear a lot of different hats, especially when you have a team. And while some of those hats are great, like the making your clients feel great or the seeing that team member flourish hat, others, like the filing taxes and running payroll hat, yeah, not so great. That's where today's episode sponsor, Gusto, comes in. You see, Gusto basically makes everything to do with payroll, taxes, and, you know, the practical bits of managing your team easy for small businesses. Now, Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes, so you don't have to worry about it. Plus, they also make it easy to add on health benefits and even 401ks for your team. Oh, and you can get direct access to certified HR experts too. Now, we've partnered with Gusto here at the Beauty Business Podcast because we think they are awesome. And we're not the only ones either. In fact, Gusto has been voted the best online payroll system for 2018, the best HR software of 2019, and the best benefits administration software of 2019 as well. And Gusto integrates with your existing online tools that you're already using to make your life easier. Things like QuickBooks, Xero, Google, and more. Oh, and 77% of their business customers say that Gusto takes tedious tasks off their plates, saves them time, and makes their business lives easier. 
Sound good? Well, as a special bonus, our friends over at Gusto are giving listeners of the Beauty Business Podcast three whole months of service for free when you run your first payroll. Now, this is one of those hats that you're going to be glad you gave up. So to try a demo and see the magic for yourself, just go to gusto.com forward slash BBP. That's gusto.com forward slash BBP. Trust me, you're not going to regret it when you do. Yeah, yeah. No one's going to complain if they have to wait whilst uh, having a nice drink in their hand. Exactly. Exactly. I heard it's funny you say that the um, about t- having to take the the spa manager outside and, and and show them. When you go to these places, do you find that this is something that they've just not done? They're so busy, kind of in there in the business that they've not taken that that outsider's look. Absolutely, and I think we're all guilty of this. You know, you you do it in your own office or your own workplace, don't you? You just don't notice things yeah. because you're so busy working. But if you come in with a clean, fresh pair of eyes, then you notice, oh, actually, that hasn't been done. I went to a lovely, lovely spa recently. Very new, very beautiful, absolutely spotless. I went into the ladies' loo and closed the door, and behind the door there was a line of dust that hadn't been cleaned (laughs) because the cleaning lady went in with the broom and came out again. So, again, I took the spa manager and said, come into the loo with me. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay. (laughs) But, you know, it's little things like that. You, your consumers will notice because consumers close the door. Yeah, because they you use the facility. Yeah, yeah. you just walk exactly. around. And you, yeah, totally. I actually had a, a fabulous expression just the other day uh, that kind of covers this. And it was, uh, let me get this right. It was, um, when you're in the bottle, it's difficult to see what's written on the label. Absolutely. That's a great that. expression. I love yes. that. I was like, stealing yeah. that. <laughs> me too. I shall, I shall find that in something. You're welcome. You can, you can use <laughs> that. So, so we've got a, a nice personalized welcome. Um, what happens? What happens next to raise the the level? Um, make sure that the the locker you're giving them mm-hmm. is big enough for them to put their clothes in. Think about someone arriving in winter with a jacket and some boots. You know, got to have enough space for that. Okay. You need a hanger in the locker because if they've got decent clothes, they might be able to hang them up. Mm-hmm. You need your your robe, obviously, and a choice of sizes of robe if necessary, yep. and flip flops. Um, and make sure you've given them a tour so they know where they are. Once, once people yeah. have got undressed, put their clothes away, and they're standing in the changing room thinking, hang on, which door did I come in? So make sure you've got labels on the backs of doors mm-hmm. so they know the way back to reception or they know the way through to the pool. And it's really, really important that the person feels very relaxed and very calm, and they know that they can just go and sit down for a little while and catch up with themselves or they can dash straight off to the pool. And that means having staff around to answer their questions. So make sure when someone's arrived, you've escorted them to the changing room, and you've then said, when you're ready, come back into reception and I'll show you the lounge. Or come back into reception and I'll take you to the pool. So that's about customer service again. Yeah. And that applies even if, you know, if you're uh, the type of spa and they don't, doesn't have a pool or you don't have lockers. You know, even if, if there's, there's got to be a space for clients to put their clothes, Mm. Um, and it still applies. They're still going to have to know what you want them to do next, where you want them to go, how they can get information, how they can ask questions. So these yes. apply across the board. Even in a salon, you know, it's a, a couple of treatment rooms, a, a salon, just being able to say to people, have a seat, have a drink. Mm. As soon as the, the room is ready, I'll come back and take you into the room ready for your treatment. 
Perfect. If people are, it's having a map to follow or a pattern yeah. to follow. Yeah, because the biggest thing you don't want people doing is not knowing what they're supposed to do. Exactly. We're, we're still all a bit nervous in, in, in spas and, <laughs> you're, and what you're we're right. supposed to do. <laughs> if, you, if you go to a hotel and someone says your room's down there, that's okay. You can go and look for it. Yeah. But if you go to a spa, the first thing the spa tells you to do is take your clothes off. Yeah. That's really threatening. <laughs> and suddenly you're in a robe and you, you know, you haven't been anywhere else in a robe except your own bedroom. So people feel vulnerable. Yeah. They need looking after at that point. They need to made to be feel very comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The, it, you want to go to a place like that to to relax and feel the most comfortable you, you can. So any little thing that you can do to kind of add to that make people feel just completely warm and lovely yeah. hugged better okay what next well once you've got your spa working really well mm -hmm. and you've got people coming in and you've got water and you've got warmth mm -hmm. you are going to get mold or dirt or you know uh, high traffic areas will get warm the things people don't speak about in the spa uh, uh, well um the spa has to be spotless, I'm afraid. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. But you have to keep your spa spotless. Mm -hmm. If you think about your own bathroom at home and how clean your bath is, that's how clean you want your spa to be. So regular cleaning is important. Um, overnight cleaning is important. Some spas do a deep clean every once a year, once a quarter, where they close the spa. But a lot of spas have overnight cleaning teams. and I defy anyone who says it's hard to keep the spa clean because there are many, many spotless spas out there. Mm. Yeah. The problem comes when very often a spa in a hotel shares a pool area and a changing area with the health club. Mm. And the needs of health club members are very different to the needs of spa members. People in the health club want to come in, do their time on the, the equipment, rush out again, quick shower, off to work. Spa people want to come in and slow down and be mm. calm. And so there's that dichotomy to start with. And then a health club means lots and lots of people coming in and going out, bringing their outdoor shoes in, making everything dirty. So sometimes you have a beautiful, immaculate spa, but when you get to the pool, it's not quite as clean. Right. And often the pool is looked after by someone else. So you have to do some negotiating there. Okay. So yeah, that could be a challenge, but there's always ways around that. Mm. And what about how how do you view things like the the general service and so not the actual treatment itself but the general level of service and and how that's administered within a spa well i think very often what happens is the treatments are good in fact the, the spa spies were sitting around in the jacuzzi in the office the other day talking about all the spas we've seen this year and we all agreed it's very very rare to get a poor treatment generally treatments are very good it's um, unusual to get an exceptional treatment, slightly mm -hmm. different, but on the whole, the spa treatment menu, the way it's delivered is very good. Where things are sometimes more difficult is when you want to get people from the spa into a restaurant or into an outdoor seating area, mm -hmm. and sometimes that bit of the journey hasn't been put through. Okay. People expect to have food at a spa. Yep. And and, you know, we no longer give people a lettuce leaf and some carrot juice for lunch at spa, <laughs> thankfully. Well, um, some spas, maybe. Well, uh, I think there's just a couple left who still okay. do that. When we, asked, when we asked our users in a survey what they wanted 
from a spa? You know, did they want healthy things or did they want wellness? Mm-hmm. On the home, on the whole, they wanted treats. Yes. They actually did want a glass of prosecco and a piece of cake. Yeah. Um, and very often, what happens is they have a healthy lunch, and then then they have the cake afterwards. Um, <laughs> it's like so it's like a balance. <laughs> it is a balance. If I eat that lettuce, I can eat that cake. Um, so actually, think about your food offering. Okay. Now, this is an area in which society is changing very, very quickly. Uh, we now have lots of people who are vegan, mm-hmm. lots of people who are vegetarian, and a lot of people are flexitarian. So you know, then they're mostly eating fish and plant food occasionally meet yeah if you add up all those groups it represents half of the population really that many half Goodness yeah me. it's okay. phenomenal and it's this isn't just a, a blip i think this is a growing trend yeah so as a star there is a definite shift particularly young, amongst younger people as well as a spa if you are offering beef burgers and a steak mm-hmm. i'm afraid you've been left behind by your yeah. audience yeah. <laughs> So absolutely think about offering people the sorts of foods that people who are vegetarian or vegan will like, perhaps some meat, but also think about allergies. Huge, huge topic nowadays. So I've been to spas where all of their cakes and bread are are gluten-free. So they don't have to worry about it. They just only do gluten-free. And my original thought was, this isn't going to be very nice. Actually, it's delicious. Get it right, and it is delicious. So think about the audience and what they want to eat and where they want to eat. Um, Sometimes you have to eat in the main restaurant and get dressed, which breaks up the spa journey. Not ideal, but sometimes necessary. It depends what you're offering. You know, is it worth getting dressed to go to the main restaurant? Yeah, true. Sometimes you can eat in your robe, but mm. I have sat in my robe in restaurants next to businessmen having a business lunch thinking, mm. I'm not very comfortable with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what they thought. <laughs> um, so if you can find somewhere where people can eat in their robe and still feel they're part of a spa, that will make a big difference. Right. Some, some of the newer, larger spas have a spa lounge where yep. you could go and get coffee and tea. But even if your spa is quite small, you can always serve something like a bento box for lunch. Yeah. So that's cold food. You don't have to heat it up. It's beautifully arranged in the bento box. It could all be brought in, and then that can go directly to where one's sitting on a lounger or by a table, and they can eat their lunch there with never, never have to leave the spa. Fabulous. Yeah, that's a really, really good idea because it's, I've been so many places that, yeah, the, that, that, the, the whole day is broken up by the, the food bit that's sort of essential, but, um, but yeah, they've just not maybe made any provision for you to stay cozy and all that kind yeah. of thing. So, no, I love that idea. So we haven't even mentioned the treatment yet. Well, we have mentioned the treatment, but um, what else can a spa do about uh, the treatments that they offer to really raise their game? Um, I think um, the very best spas will offer a variety of styles of treatment, including perhaps some journeys where they put two or three treatments together so you can have a couple of hours of treatments. But even a small spa can improve their treatments by what they do before and after it. So, excuse me, before a treatment, you want to feel that you've had the opportunity a to get to know your therapist and b that the therapist has listened to what matters to you 
So you're not just getting a box standard treatment. Mm-hmm. The therapist has said hello, maybe she's done a foot, foot welcome ritual, and she said, how are you feeling? Are there any bits you particularly uh, are tense? You know, would you like to focus on your shoulders in the massage or how's your skin? And so she's learning a bit about you. You're learning a bit about her. You're listening to her. She's touching you. She's doing your feet or she's doing a hand massage before she gets to your intimate bits, which makes you feel a bit more comfortable. And she's tailoring the treatment to your, to meet your needs. And yeah. when, you, when you start the treatment, she should be asking you, is the bed warm enough or are you too hot? Is the music okay or is it too loud? What's the pressure like? Is this right? Get a bit of two-way information going there. Yeah. She'll be able to offer much better treatment and you'll enjoy it more. It's true. And, and I, one thing that's, that's it's not happened often, but there's, it's difficult to talk about this treatment without mentioning the name. So there's, there's a treatment I've had a couple of times and it's from a certain brand and I won't mention the brand, um, but it's, it, personalization is part of the name of the treatment. Right. And uh, I've had this a couple of times where the therapist has not once asked me a question about uh. the treatment. And I'm like, how is this a personalized treatment? You've not asked me anything. Yeah. Um, so it's always a nice treatment. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like, you know, if you're going to call, if you're going to physically call something out as personalization, then, you know, maybe ask the odd question and listen to them. Cause <laughs> again, listen. I've, been, I've been lying on a table and they've asked me those questions like robots, you know, is the table yeah. warm enough? I could have said, no, I'm freezing cold. And they probably would have gone, and they okay, wouldn't that's have noticed. nice. No, yeah. <laughs> so so if, you, if you're going to ask a question, please listen to the answer. And then, you know, Precisely. Take, Precisely. <laughs> take notice of it as well. Yeah. And I think that thing about personalization, you know, there are some treatments where you start with a smell test and yes. then you actually smell two or three different products. I love it. I think, gosh, <laughs> this is really me feeding into that treatment. There's me saying, no, don't put that oil on my skin. I hate the smell, but I love the smell of this one. Yeah. So you can, you can tailor treatments to see. People. Yeah, and, and also don't don't assume it's always going to be the same. I had a therapist was telling me that it, it can hugely depend on your mood. So you absolutely. can come in one day and pick one yeah. one one fragrance, and a, a, another day an entirely different uh, oil. Mm. So, yeah. That is so true. I, I usually like oils that have got the citrusy smells. Mm-hmm. And I had a treatment recently, and um, the therapist had got things ready. And I said, "Oh, I always have the citrusy ones." Mm. And so she gave me the citrusy one, and then she looked at me and she said, "Now smell this one." And it was something with lemongrass and jojoba in it. It was wonderful. I'd have never tried it on my own. But she said, I think this will suit you. Because she'd had her little chat with me. She knew how tense I was. Fabulous. she said, today this would suit you. And she was absolutely spot on. Excellent. And it's little touches like that. You know, that little touches like that that are going to make the whole difference. And then the other thing is what happens after the treatment. Mm. Um, You know, sometimes... They'll ring a bell. Sometimes they'll say, that's the end of your treatment. Uh, mm-hmm. If you are just pushed out into the corridor, <laughs> left to it, <laughs> which has happened to me, um, or do they say, okay, you know, sit up, I'll get you some water, and you know, how do you feel, and uh, answer a few questions, and then takes you to the relaxation area. Mm-hmm. It, that's about continuing that journey of feeling looked after. Yeah, uh, and again, experiences I've had there, and I, I mean, I, it's not like I spend every minute of the day in spas, um, but I've probably been to, to a few more than most. And, you know, it's, it's that end of the treatment. I'll tell you it's the end of the treatment. I'll disappear out of the room and I'm suddenly like, am I supposed, what am I to, supposed to do? <laughs> and because the other thing they may have told me, but I was so relaxed. I didn't yeah. necessarily hear them. So, exactly. you know, just, 
just check that the <laughs> that the client mm. has has understood what they're supposed to do now because you know awkwardness can ensue if uh, if things go wrong there yeah and if you're that if you're that relaxed it's a compliment to the therapist she's it done is. a very good job yeah, absolutely okay so anything else on the treatment side of things uh, and the post-treatment well i certainly think on the treatment side of things um give people enough information about the treatments before you start them yeah. sometimes people write sort of marketing speaky treatments which is okay, but you know, how long does it last? What bits of the body is it going to cover? What will I wear? Um, do I need to know anything special before the treatment? Actually give them the facts as yeah. well. And then it's really helpful that afterwards, if, if the therapist gives you some aftercare advice, you know, that's usually drink plenty of water or don't go in the pool for a while while the oils sink in. Um, and most people do want to know about what products have been used. Yeah. They might not buy them there and then, but they certainly would be interested in what has been put on my skin or my face. Yeah. Um, and if you've got a display area, remember to tell the, the, the customer that because very often people will go off to the lounge and look in the mirror and think, oh my goodness, my face looks wonderful. What can I buy? Yeah, it's so true. And I, and I totally get why therapists don't like the idea of, and I'm doing air quotes here that you can't tell on, on my podcast, but um, you know, the idea of selling. But, but genuinely, people have come to you, they feel great, hopefully, when they leave you from their treatment. You know, you would be doing them a disservice not to just explain to them what you've used and what it does and, and how they can have that kind of feeling at home. Yes. Yeah, they're not always going to buy them, but, you know, if you don't tell them, then they're yeah. probably never going to buy them. That's very true. And often people will think, okay, well, I'm going to buy that product today, but I've got the list here. So I'll yep. see if I get on with that one. And then I'll look at some others. Yeah. And I don't think it's, because uh, some people will argue, oh, we're, no, we're, we're a five-star spa. We don't sell to our clients. And I'm like, well, it's, you're actually doing, like I said, you're, you're not giving them the service that they're coming to you for. If you're not helping them to understand what can help them with their skin, with their body, with everything that they've come to you yes. for when they're at home. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we've kind of covered what we've covered there. We've covered uh, cleanliness, we've covered food, the journey, um, we've touched on the environment. It's got to be calm and relaxing if that's the type of spa that you have. Um, touched on food from a, from a sort of the, the shifting uh, side of things there. What about things like the fact that, you know, as a population, we're kind of aging a bit as well? Is there, is there any, any things around there that come into play when it, when it separates a, a good from a great spa? Um, I think there are important things both about ageing population but also about the fact that the NHS is struggling. Yes. Uh, in, in the past people would have an operation and they would go to somewhere where they would recuperate mm -hmm. um, and they'd be nursed a bit and looked after a bit. I mean I can remember in my parents' generation that would happen. It certainly doesn't happen in ours. Um, <laughs> We, we get thrown out of hospital as soon as possible and back at work the next week. Um, I think spas can be re a really useful way of recovering and investing in your own health. And that's applicable whether you've had an operation or perhaps you just had a bad bout of flu mm -hmm. um, or you're getting a bit older and we're all having to work longer. The, the age of retirement has gone back and back and back. And I think a lot of people are seeing regular trips to spas as a way of investing in their health and managing to stay healthy yeah so that's great that's another opportunity for spas but only if you service them and that may mean offering specific treatments 
So offering anti-stress treatments or offering treatments for people who are recovering from cancer, for instance, which a lot of spas do oh, now yeah. and yeah, do it very thing, yeah, yeah. well. It's great. But what about you know somebody who's <clears throat> had some other operation? That's also recovery. What about people like me who managed to fall downstairs and, and break their spine and needing recovery? Um, if, if the spa can offer those things, they are going to have to offer accessible premises. Yeah. So, you know, it's no good if there's two flights of stairs up and down from the spa and no lift. You've got mm-hmm. to think that through. Um, it's really important to make sure that, that your beds are comfortable and go up and down far enough to make it easy for people yeah. to get onto and off, that you've got good quality chairs in the lounge and they're not just sort of upmarket deck chairs. So think, think through what people are going to need and make sure that they're comfortable. And then think through the treatments you're offering as well. So um, often in recovery, there are um, particular treatments that can be helpful. And um, Good Spa Guide has just started doing a series of white papers, which we're sending out to spas. And the first one was on, um, they're called What's the Evidence? And the first one was on how spas can help with mental health issues. Oh, interesting. Okay. So this is... As I mentioned earlier, we're um, a a medical agency. So we've looked at all of the evidence around anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. And we've identified the evidence that shows going to a spa can help with those. Wow, okay. So it's everything from forest bathing to relaxation to using yoga. We've identified them and we've put all that evidence together for therapists and spas to use so they can tailor their programs to match. And the next one, which is just about to come out um, and we'll be sending out to all spas, is the evidence on what treatments help people recover from cancer and other injuries. So where is the, the scientific evidence? It's not just a case of this will make you feel better. There's evidence that some forms of massage can help, that some forms of complementary therapies can help, for instance. So we've itemized all those in our papers. So actually gen up on what will help people feel better and stay fitter for longer. That's really interesting. Is that something that uh, any spas can get access to? Yeah, we can send them an electronic version if they're out of the country. We can send you a print version if you're in the UK. We'll, we'll, you know, anyone who would like them can have copies of these white papers from the Good Spa Guide. Amazing. I'll get, I'll get those details from you at the end and we'll put those on the show notes page for anyone listening so you can uh, find them yourself. So that's um, accessibility as well. Um, where are we next? I know there's... Sustainability. So, sustainability. Yes. Now, this is something <laughs> that, gosh... Five years ago, was anyone talking about this really? Not in the slightest. You're quite right. And yet it is now, it's probably the second question people ask us when they ring us up. Um, really? Where, where, where shall I go? How sustainable is that spa? Particularly amongst younger um, uh, consumers. But sustainability has got to be something that everyone takes notice of and everyone is sensible about. And some spas are already doing a lot and working hard on it. And people want to see that without a doubt. So they want to know that you've changed the sort of washing powder you use and you're washing at a lower temperature, but the things are still safe. They want to know that you're recycling things, that you're some of the, the, the newest spas have gone the whole hog and built the whole building from the point of view of sustainability. Yeah. Um, 
you may not be if you're running a spa that's already established it may not be that it's tricky yeah it's and it's very costly to to retrofit things do you think that's do you think the this question about sustainability from your clients is this a general thing or is spa uh, maybe seen or perceived as a a wasteful um, that's the problem yeah, I think people see, they think, I'd really like to go to a spa, but all that hot water, right. all that heating, you know, is, is that, that you know, I'm cleaning. towels, I'm, and I'm trying so hard at home, you know, I'm recycling everything mm-hmm. at home, and I'm, and so they don't want to feel that they're unbalancing things. There. Yep. And then when they do get to the spa, I think it's really important, A, that the spa tells the consumer what they're doing, mm. and B, that it's a joint project. So I was at a spa recently, where there was a sign in the changing room saying, um, in order to be sustainable, we ask you to use only one towel and one robe. Well, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But then when I spoke to the spa manager, I found that they had changed their suppliers. They had changed um, from slippers to flip-flops, and they were recycling those. They'd done all sorts of things. They hadn't told the consumers that. So that notice made it feel like it was entirely up to the consumer to yep. do things. Yeah, it was all but if, they'd, if they shared it, another spa I went to, uh, before I arrived, said, please bring a water bottle or your own cup. And when I got there, they said, this month we've saved 800 plastic cups from going to recycle because you're bringing your own cup. That is fantastic. And I, Isn't yeah, it? That is, and it is such a sales point now you know it's people are going to come to you because you've done that so if nothing else use it as part of your you know your sales and marketing strategy exactly i think it's really important it's about sharing it's about saying this is what we're doing this is what you can do together we can achieve this i mean yeah it's it's amazing so glastonbury festival and it's nothing to do with spa but glastonbury festival it was a few months ago now uh and i remember the single biggest thing that i kept hearing about glastonbury festival was the fact that they'd um ruled out all plastic bottles yeah. And they had David Attenborough come on stage at one point and point out that they'd saved, I don't know, how many million tons of um, plastic, not million tons, tons, that's crazy. How many million plastic bottles have been saved by simply everyone using the same bottle for the, for yeah. the three or four days of the festival? Yeah, and that's the same message needs to go out about spas. So people don't perceive them as wasteful. Mm. They perceive them as using resources carefully and actually making people feel comfortable going into this spa. And if I want to use another towel because I've washed my hair and the one, the one I've got is wet, I should be able to. I've been to a, a, a spa that was very sustainable. And, and when I came out of the changing rooms and said, could I have a dry towel? The answer was no. <laughs> <laughs> Slightly depressing. <laughs> so, okay, I'll, I'll go back and find yeah, mine then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, if, if, you, if you make sensible, sustainable decisions mm. and share it with people, then everyone's comfortable and you can actually utilise that. And even if it's something simple, like we're using flip-flops, flip-flops but instead of throwing them away we give them to a homeless charity yeah there are so many things you can do and one of the things and i think i fell into this trap as soon as someone says sustainable to me i immediately think well that's probably going to cost more money or that's certainly going to cost more money and um i've not done an in-depth study on this i will be i will be honest but what i've been surprised about with my involvement with spas on sort of the consultancy side of things is actually a lot of the time some of the smaller things you can do because these companies are part funded and, and subsidized and things like that um, i've been surprised that it's actually cheaper to implement organic solutions and, and sustainable solutions some of the time yeah. 
I think sometimes it is. I mean, just having an orange stick and some cotton wool and twirling it to use for um, when you're doing a manicure saves hundreds of cotton wool buds. Yeah. So- <laughs> Well, uh, the one that I'm thinking is, so there's a particular brand of um, uh, disposable but quickly biodegradable towels that are very Mm. luxurious. And it turned out once you factor in the, you know, if you you send out your towels for uh, to a laundry or something like that, once you factor all those costs of transport, collection, buying the towels, all those kind of things, it was actually cheaper by a lot to use these sustainable solutions. It was a huge amount. Yeah, it was incredibly cheaper. And another that's the sort of thing we need to know about. Yeah, absolutely. And then another one that I was at um, recently, we're using... Uh, the plastic cups for water, just as you know, that you use within the spa. But these plastic cups were, they, they looked perfectly nice, felt exactly the same, but they were 100% compostable. Oh, um, yes. And they cost, I think they said they cost one penny extra for extra mm. every 100 cups that they ordered, which I wow. think is entirely absorbable by yes. any spa. And it is, exactly isn't it? Yes. Quality, so. And I was at a large spa using those and the spa manager was telling me that they ran out at one point and got ordinary plastic cups. And the people who complained the most were the therapists. They said, we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> so it's a team morale thing as well. There you go. It is. So You're right. You win all round. Okay. So have we, have we missed anything else? Uh, we've done recovery. We've done staying well. We've done sustainability. We've done food. We've done accessibility. The customer journey, treatment services, and personalisation. I think wow. that's fine. What a nice little little review we've done there. So before I let you go, Daphne, because you are such a font of knowledge on spas, I want to know, in your opinion, where's spa going? What are the what are the trends that are going to be coming up? What are we going to be seeing happen more over the next? one two three years well it's always fascinating to look into that crystal ball isn't it and try and see what what, what's happening and there are lots of new things around some of which are a bit gimmicky but some of which are really sensible and i do think this whole stuff about mental health anxiety depression and so on we'll see more and more of that being handled in spas and even by product houses you know i think just using one of the product houses is using um, the sort of virtual reality headsets to try yes. and help people relax. I think we'll see more of that sort of thing. Okay. I, th- I think we'll see spas using the senses more. So it's not just about um, something looking nice or feeling nice, but we'll see nice smells and nice sounds as well. Um, I had a treatment recently with a healing bowl uh, and I thought it was going to be a bowl that was put on me like um, I've had before. But this was a huge bowl and the therapist sounded it and ran um, oh, yeah, control like around singing it. Bowls. Yep. The sl- and the sound absolutely filled my body. It went into my bones and it was so relaxing. And that's where I think we'll see add-ons to treatments okay. coming in. Okay. Um, and and then I'm, I'm pretty sure the other thing we're going to see is sociable sparring. So Ooh. I like to go to a spa on my own and not talk to anyone. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm seeing more and more. I get to a, a spa and there's three generations of a family who've met up at a spa. And they're using it as a social day out. Um, so they might live in different places and choose a yep. spa in the middle. Or they might live nearby, but you know, there's there's a twenty year old, a forty year old, and a sixty year old all having a nice day together. 
And I think we will see a much more sociable setting for spas, people are more comfortable going to them. And we'll see more and more spas adapting to that because that's the challenge. Yeah. If you've got a sociable group, it can be noisy. And if someone's coming for peace and quiet, then they object to the sociable group and the sociable group don't like the people complaining about them. Um, so spas that think that through and perhaps have a separate area, two separate relaxation areas, a quiet room and a much more sociable room or smaller breakout areas so groups can go together. And do you think this is an influence coming over from, from Europe? Because obviously the, the way that spas are, are used cross-generationally and, and, and even for meetings um, in yes. Europe is, is very different to the way we view spas. Do you think it that's is. coming over from there? I'm sure it is. I have yet to see a business meeting in a spa in the UK, but I've seen them in Europe, which is we've, very strange. <laughs> we, we've, we floated an idea on the, the spa association that we should sort of, as part of a marketing stunt, but parts actually show it can be done to have a meeting at one of our spas. And ah. <clears throat> some, some people were less impressed with the idea than, <laughs> than, than others, let's put it that way. So we'll, uh, we stuck a pin in it for now, but you never know. The, the UK I, I, Spa Association sauna spa meeting could happen. I think that might happen at some point, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the other thing I've really noticed in Europe is how spas are going out of their way to attract families. Now that really? seems like a contradict seems like a contradiction in terms, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I certainly know where my children were. I was only too happy to go to a spa to get away from them. <laughs> <laughs> And it is a particular contradiction because, you know, for so long there's been this talk of how, how old should you be to go into a spa? Absolutely. But what I saw recently in um, Austria was a spa where um, they had built a separate pool. Um, so it was, it was two pools, a pool for babies and a pool for older children. Mm -hmm. And there was play equipment and so on and people to supervise them. The, the children could um, have their nails and toenails and fingernails yeah. done um but, but more importantly um there was water polo at one point of the day for the energetic children and then there were mermaid lessons wow so oh, the, the girls could put that. this tail on and they learned to swim like a mermaid in Fabulous. the children's spa i thought it was great i was <laughs> blown away by it so I mean, it's really, it's really calling into to question and redefining the whole term of what spa really is again mm. and again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if it does, if the spa industry doesn't grow and change, it's not going to succeed. So that's true. We, we've yeah. done really well in the past fifteen years in the UK. You know, mm. when we opened, there were only just over fifty spas in the country. There were lots yeah. of salons and lots of hotels had a sort of room under the stairs by the yeah. pool that they called the spa. But there are only about 50 real spas. We now list 872 spas. On wow. Our so it's grown phenomenally. That's and that's the good news. The bad news, of course, it means there's plenty of competition. Oh, yeah. And some of the new spas are just stunning. But, uh, we've got uh, nine or ten spas in our new spa category this year. And we visited each of those, and they are very, very impressive. And it's it's so true because in fact you and I were at a, a, uh, an event together a few months ago, and uh, there was one spa that had recently done um, a session of yoga with lemurs. That's right. And yes. 
everybody was talking about it. Every, mm. All of the speakers who I imagine had not kind of coordinated their talks at all. No, but we I think all it, picked it out. It all, yeah, it came up in like four of the, of the mm. eight talks of the day. They actually had brought this out and it just shows yeah. if you are prepared to do something a bit different um, with reason, you know, you yeah. do it for the sake of it. But, you know, if you're prepared to try something a bit different, you will stand out so much, even, mm. even in the busy world of spa that there is now. Yeah. Well, in America, the, uh, sparring is often in the more remote areas mm -hmm. where you can do hiking or you can do horse riding or you can go out and spot animals in the evening. And there are a few places in this country where you can do um, horse riding yeah. when you go to a spa. And we have one particular spa spy who's always first in the queue because she loves to ride. So she goes <laughs> off to do those. But I think if you can find something that is different and unusual, maybe... It's the woods around where you live. Maybe you can do daily meditation walks. Yes. Maybe it's the beaches where you can go into an early morning run on the beach before breakfast. Look around in your, in your environment and see what is different you can offer that can be built into your spa experience. And people will love it. I love that. Thank you. Daphne, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. This has been just enlightening and, and mm -hmm. lovely to speak to you. And, and I hope this gives so many ideas to the people that are listening if people want to find out more about the good spa guide or the spa awards or anything like that where's the best place for them to go uh, just come straight to the website www.goodsparguide.co.uk and we will be happy to speak to them or, or send info at goodsparguide.co.uk we'll get straight back to you we'll put all those links on there we'll put the links to the the white papers and things on there as well daphne thank you again have a fantastic day and i'm thank sure you, i will speak to you soon Oh, well, I've enjoyed it immensely. And it's just so nice to know that there are so many spa people out there listening. And, and I hope they're all inspired. Thank you. Thank you again. What an amazing woman, right? Now, some fantastic advice there and some great stories to bring them all to life as well. Honestly, I could have carried on chatting with Daphne for the whole afternoon that we recorded, but naturally, she is a very busy person and we were lucky to get the time that Daphne so generously gave to us. Now, I'm looking forward to the Good Spa Awards myself in just a week, actually less than a week's time. I'll update you on the show next week about who the winners were, if you like, and maybe I'll even try and get a few words from them at the awards. Yeah, that will either be fun or go completely wrong. We'll see. And remember, if you'd like to know more about the Good Spa Guide or the Good Spa Awards, then just check out the show notes pages for this episode at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 70 for all of the links that you need. Now, I know I've mentioned it on the last couple of episodes, but if you haven't checked out episode 64 about getting real results from your social media efforts, and by real results, I mean actual clients and bookings and money in your till, then do go and check it out. Now, I share with you some of my very best practical advice for what actually works on social media, but I'm also giving you a free Finish the Decade Strong on social media calendar with loads of ideas for posts to take you through to the end of the year. Yes, I know it's November already, but I imagine you're getting busy so the more time i can save you on your social media efforts the better right now if you want to just go and grab the calendar yourself just go to beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash calendar and it's right there for you to grab for free you're very welcome but do check out the episode which is episode number 64 it's a good one now i'm going to be back again next week well actually i'll be back again tomorrow for another special national spa week edition of the show but i will be back here next week as usual on wednesday so i will see you then bye for now